0: This is Dr. Benny Tate, and you're listening to the Leads Club podcast, all about leadership, personal growth, and helping you grow in your walk with God. Our goal is simply to help you lead like never before in your church, business, home, or whatever platform God has given you. Our next Leads Club session begins now. Can we just stand to our feet? Can we just stand... We just stand to our feet. There's a verse that I want to share with you. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says this. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. (laughs) I, I love that. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Let's pray. Lord, as we bow our heads and our hearts in your presence, I pray today as I teach a simple lesson that, God, it would be a word in season. That's the desire of my heart. That it would be a of word, God. It would be a word that would just penetrate the hearts of men and women. And we could know unequivocally it's from you. Have your will and way. And for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Until you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you for a, a few moments about a God-sized dream, a God-sized dream. I remember uh, years ago, I had a preacher that was preaching for me. His name was Tommy Barnett. And I was talking with Pastor Tommy between the services, and Tommy's in his 80s now, and Tommy was in his 80s the last time he preached here for me. And I said, Tommy, uh, if you could do your ministry over, if you could go back and do it over. We live life by looking forward, but we understand life by looking backward. And I said, Tommy, if you could go back and do your ministry over again, what would you do different? And this is what Tommy Barnett said to me. He said, Pastor Benny, uh, I would dream bigger. I said, dream bigger? I mean, goodness, I I remember going to Pastor Tommy Barnett's conference. I remember going there and sitting in his auditorium, and, and it was literally three different sections three different levels in that auditorium. And I remember being seated in that auditorium with over 7,000 pastors. And I remember his pastor's conference. And I thought, my goodness, this is the man who started the dream centers. This is the man who started the illustrated sermons. This is the man who years ago started the living Christmas tree. But Tommy Barnett is Sitting here in my office and he said if he could do his ministry over he'd dream bigger And I said, Tommy, would you expound on that? He said, yes He said the Bible says in Ephesians 3 and 20 Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly Above All that we ask or think According to the power that worketh in us He said if I were to dream bigger God would have done more. Because my thinking, my capacity, and the fact that I didn't dream bigger, he said, Pastor Benny, I believe hindered what God could do in my life. There was a little boy named Jimmy. And every night, Jimmy would go to bed and Jimmy would stare at the moon. Jimmy said, one day I'm going to walk on that moon. And when he was 41 years of age, James Irwin became the eighth man to walk on the moon. Only 12 have done it. But he said, when I was a little boy, I would look out my window at the moon and I'd say, one day, I'm going to walk on that moon. And by the way, James Irwin spent the last 20 years of his life sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul Yungi Cho, who pastored the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea, said these words. He said, you'll never be any bigger than your dreams. You'll never be any bigger than your dreams. Ben Franklin said, most men, most men die from the neck up at age 25. Most men die from the neck up at age 25 because they stop dreaming. I love what Les Brown said. He, said. he said, somebody said, it's insane to live life with a dream. But he said, it's madness to live life without one. I'll tell you what, folks. I believe in America. We have so much to live on, but we have so little to live for. And I'm convinced you're not really prepared to live. I am convinced that you're not really prepared. You're not really prepared to live until you have something in your life that's worth dying for. I'm not, I am convinced you really don't have anything to live for until you have something within your heart of hearts that you're willing to die for. Now, let me make six statements. Six statements. Statement number one, discover God's dream. Discover God's dream. Philippians 2 and 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to dream and to do his good pleasure. I'm talking about, Pastor Benny, I- I'm talking about a dream from God. Now, 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 how do you know, how do you know that it's God speaking to you and uh, not some bad Mexican food from the restaurant last night, amen? How, how, how do you know that, it, that, that it's God? Now, let, let, let me tell you something, folks. It's so important. I think it's so important that we have a dream from God. And by the way, the people in this room that I'm speaking to, we believe believe in being Spirit-filled. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, but folks, there's something wrong when we say we're Spirit-filled people. But the book of Acts is very clear that when I pour my spirit out upon all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. There's something wrong when we say we're spirit-filled people, but we don't have dreams in our hearts. Something's wrong with that. And you gotta know that the dream's from God. See, when I was coming along, I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to do what I'm doing right now. I've often said, I want to be a lawyer. I didn't want to save them, I wanted to sue them. (laughs) But how do you know? Pastor Benny, how do you know that a dream is really from God? First of all, let me say this. A dream from God requires faith. A dream from God requires faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, For without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Let me tell you something, folks. If you can do it on your own, it's not from God. Because I want you to know a real dream, a dream from God requires faith. I remember the building that you're seated in right now. The building that you're seated in right now. I had plans I had drawings from an architect and I would travel around to banks and I would talk to bankers. And the bankers would tell me, you don't have the clientele of people to build that kind of building. You're pastoring in Milner, Georgia. You don't have the clientele of people to build that building. And finally, we got one bank to loan me the money. And they said, if you can make the payment You can pay it off in 27 years. But let me tell you something, God made the payment and he paid it off in three years and nine months. Let me tell you something, a dream from God requires faith. It's gotta be bigger than you. Let me tell you something else. A dream from God aligns with his word. A dream from God aligns from his word aligns with his word. Now, let me, let me tell you something folks. God will never lead you to neglect your family to accomplish his dream. Uh, God will never lead you to neglect your family to accomplish his dream because you got to understand a dream from God always aligns with his word. See, God will will never lead you to cheat on your taxes so you can get money to support the church. Because see, a dream from God always aligns with his word. Let me tell you something else. A dream from God involves others. A dream from God involves others. You remember Joseph, the dreamer in the Bible? In Genesis 37, the Bible says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet more. Now, look, this is not the message. But if you've got an 11 by 14 dream, don't be sharing it with five by seven minds. I wasn't meaning to say that, by the way. That's that's. But if you've got an 11 by 14 dream, don't you share it with five by seven minds. Look, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hate him yet the more. And he said, here I pray you, the dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. Get this, folks. A dream from God, notice the sheaves, a real dream from God will always be connected to the harvest. A real dream from God will always be connected to the harvest. A real dream from God will always be connected to people. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation and they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. A dream from God involves others. Now, let me tell you number four. A dream from God will align with your abilities. A dream from God will align with your abilities. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, or we are his handiwork. That word, handiwork, workmanship, comes from a Greek word, poema, poema. And from that Greek word, poema, we get the word poem, poem. We are his poem. What's it saying, folks? Here's what it's saying. When when you align yourself... (laughs) When, when 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 your dream aligns with your ability, it's poem. It gives rhyme and reason to your life. It gives rhyme and reason to your life. You say, Pastor, what is my gift? Here's what your gift is. Your gift is what you do best with the least amount of effort. What you do best with the least amount of effort. I'm saying let's discover God's dream. But then there's a second thing I wanna quickly say to you. Not only discover God's dream, but decide to act, decide to act. Ecclesiastes 11 and four says, he that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Setting still and wishing, Makes no man great. The good Lord sends the fishing, but you've got to dig the bait. My mother taught me, son, if you want to rise to the top, you got to get off your bottom. My mother, Melba Jean, taught me, if you want your pockets to jingle, you got to shake a leg. My mother taught me that you've got to decide to act because there'll always be a reason folks. Mark Twain said it best. Mark Twain said 20 years from now, we'll have more regrets over the things we didn't do than over the things we did. I used to travel with Dr. Jerry Falwell and Jerry Falwell taught me, he said, you focus on red lights, not green lights. I said, what do you you mean, Dr. Falwell? He said, well, some people think that God's going to dry up the river to show them his will. That God's going to part the waters to show him his will. He said, no, you got to understand something, Benny. Don't you look for green lights. If you're always looking for some massive green light before you step out and do something for God, you'll never do much for God. I said, what are you talking about, doc? He said, you look for red lights. If you feel like you ought to step out, he said, you step out. If God don't want it, he'll put up a red light. You just keep moving. And if God don't want it, he'll keep putting up a red light. And finally, you won't be able to get through because God has stopped it. But he said, don't live your life looking for God to do something miraculous for there would be no stars in the sky. And that way I'll know it's from God. See, let me tell you something. There'll always be a reason why you can't. Abraham said I'm too old. Moses said I can't talk. Gideon said I can't fight. Jeremiah said I'm too young. And Isaiah said I'm too sinful. He say, Pastor, what do you mean? Here's what I'm trying to say. You've got to decide to act. I would encourage you to do this. Publicly share your dream. Publicly share your dream. Uh, in the early 60s, In the early 60s, John F. Kennedy said by the end of this decade, America, we ought to put a man on the moon. And most of you know, 1969 we did. But what was he doing? He was publicly sharing the dream. When you publicly share the dream, it does three things. Number one, it gets your dream off the ground. It gets your dream off the ground because it creates accountability in your life. Number two, it attracts other people. A dream from God will attract other people. Look here. Joseph shared his dream, remember? And some people came into Joseph's life. When Joseph shared that dream, people came into his life. You remember who came into his life? A butler came into his life. And what does a butler do? A butler opens doors for you. We well, see, when you share a dream, the butler comes into your life, and, and doors start opening when you share the dream. But not only did the butler come into his life, but Pharaoh came into his life. You remember what a Pharaoh does? A Pharaoh provides the finances. See, when you share the dream, when you share the dream, doors start opening. When you st- sh- start sharing the dream, a Pharaoh comes into your life and finances start coming. But when you, when you share the dream, not only did a butler come into his life, and not only did a Pharaoh come into his life, but a baker came into his life. <laughs> and the baker takes a little bit of this and a little bit of that and he puts it all together. What does a baker do? A baker, baker connects things. Bakers connect things. You get connection. See, when, you, when Joseph shared the dream, he got a butler, he got a pharaoh, he got a baker in his life. Let me, let me tell you the third thing, folks. When you share your dream, it releases God's power. It releases God's power. One preacher was praying, he said, God, give me your power. God, give me your power. God, give me your power. God, Finally, God spoke to him and said, with a dream no bigger than you have, you don't need my power. With a dream no bigger than you have, you don't need my power. Look here, folks. Sometimes it don't happen until you decide to act. We're praying, we're waiting on God. You don't even know that scripture. When that scripture says, but they that wait upon the Lord, it's not talking about this. But that's the way we take it. But they that wait upon the Lord, it's talking about this, it's talking about serving while I'm waiting. See, folks, you you remember those guys that had leprosy that came to Jesus and they said, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. Read the scripture. As they went, they were healed. If they just stayed right there, I don't believe they would have been healed. As they went, they were healed. The priest, in the Old Testament, the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, remember? And the Bible says this when they were carrying the Ark, and he said, Cross Jordan, when their feet touched the water, that's when the water rolled back. It did not roll back till they stepped out and their feet touched the water. You say, Pastor, I don't want to get out, I don't want to go out on a limb, and that's where the fruit is. That's where the fruit is. I, I'm just saying to you, you've got to discover God's dream. you've got to decide to act. Now let me come up real close. There's a third thing I want you to see: Delays will come. Delays will come. Noah was 120 years old before it rained. Abraham was 100 years old before he had the promised child. Did you ever think about this, folks? Jesus worked in a cabinet shop 30 years for three years of ministry. We send them to college four years for 30 years of ministry, but Jesus was right the opposite. He worked 30 years in a cabinet shop for three years of ministry. (laughs) I'm just trying to get you to understand, folks. Delays will come. I, I, I love what Exodus 13 says. Look at this. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. Wait, wait. There was a straight route to that promised land. There was that I mean, literally eleven days, a straight route to that promised land. Wait, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and return to Egypt. He said, wait, if I led them that way, they'll encounter the Philistines and they'll go right back to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Let me tell you something, folks. Sometimes God allows delays because he knows we're not ready. Look here. I'm starting my 34th year as pastor of this church. And when I first came here, I wish it would have looked just like it looks right now. I wish I could have had the staff that I have right now. But you hear me closely. If that had happened, I wouldn't even be in the ministry today. Because I was no way ready for it. Now, there's been some times through the process that I had all the answers. I didn't realize I didn't even know the question. And if I could go back and live my young lives, I'd listen more and speak less. I just want you to understand. You say, Pastor Benny, God's put a dream in my life. I want you to understand delays will come. There's a fourth thing I want you to see. Difficulties come with a dream. Difficulties come with a dream. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, I've got a dream from God. I know you've got a dream from God, but I want you to know difficulties come with a dream. Every trial is a teacher. Every storm is a school. Every experience is education. Every difficulty is for your development. Pastor, I want to get in that land of milk and honey. Well, I've often said, folks, in that land of milk and honey, if you're going to get the milk, you're going to get the honey. If you get the honey, they're going to be some stings. And I grew up with cows and if you milk those cows, you're going to step in some stuff. And with the milk and honey also comes some stings and stuff. Amen? I'm just saying difficulties come with a dream. You say, Pastor, you've been a pastor here all these years. Yes, yes, a few years ago, a few years ago. Can you imagine? I'd been the pastor here over 30 years and had two men in leadership. And a few years ago, I was uh, gone on vacation and I'd been the pastor here over 30 years and two men tried to get me thrown out as the pastor. You said, pastor, you've got to be kidding. I'm not kidding. Now you can see they're not here anymore. But I'm just trying to get you to understand difficulties will come with the dream. Everything nice has a price. The life that pleases God is often painful and difficult. God can't really bless you until he bleeds you. Let me tell you the fifth thing I'd say to you. Dead ends you will face. Dead ends you'll face. You'll get to the point and you'll say, I, I, I believe the dream's over. You say, is that in the Bible? Yeah, well, well, sure it is. Think about Moses. Think about Moses. Moses had this dream to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, but, but what, what happened to Moses? I'll, I'll tell you what happened. He got to the Red Sea. He, he had the Red Sea in front of him. He had Pharaoh's army behind him. My goodness, it, like, the dream's over. Look what the Bible says. And Moses said to the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. Oh, I want to say that again. The Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. You say, "Pastor, what do you do when it gets feel like the dream? You you're you're at a dead end." Here's what I would say to you: If you feel like your dream has come to a dead end, remember what God has done and expect him to deliver you. <laughs> Remember what God has done and expect him to deliver you. Look what 2 Corinthians 1 says. 2 Corinthians 1, eight through 8-10 says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened, that we might might oh, glory be to God. Look here, oh, why, pastor? But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises from the dead who has delivered us from such a deadly peril and will deliver us again. Oh, folks, let me tell you something. Not only has God delivered us, but the Bible says he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope because blessed be unto God, he's gonna continue, ladies and gentlemen, to deliver us. Remember what God has done and expect him to deliver you. Now, let me give you the last point and I'm done. The last point is this. Deliverance of the dream is going to happen. Deliverance of the dream is going to happen. One of my favorite passages of scripture is found in Mark 4.35. Look here, folks. And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto his disciples, let's pass over on the other side. <laughs> a few weeks, I'll be at the Sea of Galilee. But he said, let's, guys, let, 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 let's cross the Sea of Galilee. Get this. And they got in a storm. I'm 58 years old. This is what I know. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than in a calm without Him. (laughs) (laughs) Because listen, safety is not the absence of storms. Safety is the presence of the Savior, amen? <laughs> Look here, he said, he said, Guys, we're going over on the other side. And let me tell you something, they got in a bad storm. But I love what the verse says. <laughs> and they came over unto the other side. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. He may have not promised us a smooth flight, but he did promise us a safe landing. Amen? He did promise us a safe landing. He said, you're going to make it to the other side. Somebody says, great it is to dream a dream when you stand at youth by a starry stream. But greater still is to fight life through And say in the end, the dream dream is true. There's no joy in easy sailing. When skies are clear and blue. Nor is there joy in doing what anyone can do. But I found there is some satisfaction. It's mighty sweet to take when you reach that destination. No one ever thought you'd make. I've dreamed many dreams that never came true. I've seen them vanish at dawn. But I've realized enough of my dreams to make me want to dream on. I've prayed many prayers when no answer came. I've waited patient and long. But answers have come to enough of my prayers to keep me praying on. I've trusted many friends who failed me, who left me to weep alone, but I've found enough of my friends true blue to keep me trusting on. I've sown many seeds that fell by the way for the birds to feed upon, but I've held enough golden sheaves in my hand to keep me sewing on. I've drained the cup of disappointment and pain. I've gone many days without a song, but I've sucked enough nectar from the rose of life to make me want to live on. You said, Pastor, help me out. help me out when you hit these deadlines and when you hit these detours and when you hit these dead ends. Help me out, Pastor. I really want to. What advice would you give me? Here's what I would say to you. When you're going through a tough time, thank God for what he has done for you. You say, that sounds so elementary. No, it's, it, 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 it's not elementary. Develop an attitude of thanking him for what he's done. Develop an attitude of thanking him. You know, folks, if I'd been God, I'm sorry for being emotional. If I'd been God, I never would have saved me. And I sure wouldn't have called somebody like me to preach. There's so many more that's more qualified. They could do so much better. I wonder why, God, did you call somebody like me? But yet, Lord, you did. And I thank you for that. John 11 and 41, get this. Lazarus had died. It wasn't good. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. And the first thing he did is he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Develop that attitude where you just thank him. When not. I went home and I said, Barbara, we're going out to eat tonight to celebrate. She said, why, baby? What are we going to celebrate? I said, well, I was running some numbers and we just finished the church year. And last year we averaged 99. And I said, Barbara, this year we averaged 105. She said, we're up six. I said, yes. And we're going to go out tonight, we're going to celebrate, we're going to thank God. See, folks, you don't have to have big things to celebrate. We, we, we'd finish a classroom, we'd finish a classroom, and I'd, I'd, help, I'd help put up the walls, and I'd paint the walls, and then I'd say, oh, folks, Sunday, we're going to dedicate, we've got another classroom now. We've got another classroom, we're going to dedicate it to God. I went around the community and raised money to, to buy the very first van. And we got a van, and I said, We're going to have a big day because we're going to dedicate it to God. We're going to praise Him and we're going to thank Him for what He's done. You said, Pastor, I'm going through a tough time. What do you recommend? Thank Him for what He has done. Thank Him for what He has done. It's, it's, it's woven, and I'm done. Romans 4, and I'm done. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, speaking of Abraham, but was strengthened in his faith. Look, what did he do when he was pursuing the dream? He gave glory to God. He praised and he thanked the Lord. Now look, being fully persuaded that God had power, to do what he had promised he had the dream but he knew i've just got to thank him right now i've just got to thank him at this point i've got to thank him at this point and if i thank him at this point he'll get me to the next point if I, oh come on folks we knew better than that if i just thank him at this point he'll get me to the next point thank you for joining us for today's Leeds club session we hope you feel encouraged and empowered If you would like more information or resources about leadership, be sure and connect with me at BennyTate.info or follow me on social media at Pastor Benny Tate. Join us next week for more insights on leadership, personal growth and encouragement in your walk with God to help you lead at the next level.